Howl? No, 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 no. It's just not happening. Ow! Hey everyone, this is Jack from the Cardboard Herald, and today we are taking a look at The Wolves, a new game by Ashwin Kamath and Clarence Simpson, published by Pandasaurus Games. This is an area control game where you have a board with all kinds of components that as you put them into play, it's going to unveil new capabilities, new capacities, new bonuses that you're going to get, and you are going to have more control, more manipulation, more presence on the board, which is a assembled of several different region tiles that will be scoring at different intervals in the game. Dang, that was a pretty good overview. Now, let's get to the particulars here, the things that make it unique, because I think there's a good amount of meat to gnaw on these bones as we're working our way through our review, to keep with the wolf theme, of course. As you play this game, what you're really trying to do is get a gathering, a grouping of various wolves, dens, and layers, up to one layer per player, in each of the different regions that are going to score organically as the game goes on, starting with crescent moons, then moving on to quarter moons, and then ultimately concluding the game with the full moons, fittingly, again, for the Canis theme that this game is really trying to take advantage of and for the most part succeeds. Now your turn is taking two actions that are driven by really the primary feature that makes this game interesting and compelling and intriguing and all these different terms that these board game reviewers including myself use all the time which is a, a series of tablets that are in front of you. Each of them have different terrains printed on them. There are five terrains in the game, and all but one which corresponds to the specific terrain that your wolf faction has preference over have two sides where it'll be one terrain on one side and one terrain on another. Now, simple actions like moving across the board, you pay for it with a terrain that is currently face up and available, flipping it over and then the terrain that you paid with, let's say forest or desert or whatever, is where you move your wolves to. And now on the reverse side of that tablet, you have a new terrain that you can interact with. Now movement is great because it positions you both for point scoring and having area majority, but also giving you access to a bunch of different things, including surrounding different uh, prey types that can be acquired if you have three wolves around them. But really the most important actions that you're going to be taking advantage of the ones that are the most dynamic are where you are using howl actions to convert wolves who are lone wolf tokens set up at the beginning of the game into new wolves from your board, giving you more and more wolves to work with as you're spreading all about. And then setting up dens, which are going to increase the efficacy of the primary things that you're going to do. How far you can move at once, how many wolves you can move at once, and also your howl distance, which is the range from your alpha wolves that you can conduct actions. And that's another thing. This game makes a distinction between alpha wolves, which are really your primary action takers, and pack wolves, which are more vulnerable. They can be converted into other players' wolf types, and they only really contribute for purposes of catching prey and having area majority when you go to score points. The thing is, is that putting dens into play and converting the lone wolf token take two matching terrain types 
So you go, ah, I see, I need to manipulate my turn to set up what I potentially am going to be able to do. It's a really cool system where the currency is efficiency more than anything. You're not really having to pay something permanent. You're just having to set yourself up into a rhythm so that way you can continually take effective turns. It can be a little bit cumbersome at times as you're kind of getting your feel for it. And even after playing the game a few times, you can find yourself in situations where you're like, how do I build up momentum on this? But when you do get that nice syncopation, that feels really, really good. Now there are two more really potent actions that you can take. If there's a lone pack wolf or a lone den belonging to another player, you can dominate them, which is where you pay three terrains of the same type, which takes a lot of facilitation, meaning that you're converting one of your opponent's pieces into one of your own, which feels really devastating and really impactful when you pull it off. But no more than two player pieces can be on any given space at any time, and you can't dominate something that is cohabitating with another piece by that same player. So it's the threat of this happening that really drives a lot of the actions that you do, even if it doesn't really happen that often in the game which adds a layer of suspense. I, I like that. Now, the last action that you can do is where you convert one of your dens into a lair, which is a permanent structure. It cannot be converted by another player. It cannot be cohabitated by another player. And it counts for a three full control whenever you go to see who has majority in any given territory. Speaking of which, dens, pack wolves, even alpha wolves, they all count for one when seeing who has the most presence in an area, whereas a lair is a substantial three. Now, the other most interesting thing that I just adore about this game and want to see uh, represented in other games is how the organic conclusion to the game presses on those intervals for the different point scoring. Because whenever you replace one of those lone wolf tokens, whenever you replace one of your own dens, whenever you convert another player's token into one of yours, the displaced thing goes onto the calendar and is the ticking timer, which at the end of a turn, if it has met one of the thresholds for that level of point scoring, then you score those points. You can really propel this quickly to the next point scoring interval, and that can be a huge part of the strategic decisions that you make. Now, you'll notice that for all of this, I haven't really talked about the player board all that much. And that's where the weakest parts of the wolves as a design start to show up. It draws its inspiration from all sorts of games that have used player boards that as you put things into play, you gain more powers, you become more capable to interact with the game. And that is true here, but you don't really cultivate things. I mean, being able to move three wolves or four spaces in an action is powerful, but it doesn't make it feel like you're really leaning into one strategy or another. And most of the things that you put into play are just going to give you end game benefit. So 
it betrays this sort of shallowness that I don't think the, the player board was really meant to convey. While we're on the topic of the player board, can I just say this extra component that sits off to the side that connects to your player board that is just entirely there for aesthetic reasons is just absolutely ludicrous. Now, one more thing that I wanted to bring up because of the genre of this game is that it is a surprisingly good two-player game. You set up dummy wolves that are out and about that are going to contend in the various point scoring intervals but they don't actually grow or move or do anything, which at first sounds like a kind of bad compromise, but ultimately having them in that contention feels like it gives you a meaningful obstacle, which is really what you want. I wish there were some sort of automated version of this for solo play. I think this game has the capacity for it, but I guess they didn't crack that nut, but leave it to the BGG forums. They'll figure it out for sure. What makes the wolves so interesting and this great bit of thematic and mechanical resonance is how nomadic it feels. You have so much mobility. You have so much stretch as you push your wolves out, but if you stretch yourself too thin, you're going to find yourself too vulnerable for other players to take advantage of. It's a really great give and take for a simple area control, area majority type of game, which this is a genre that is known for being incredibly aggro and doesn't typically have this bright, poppy, fluid fun while still maintaining a degree of savagery as you are making your Machiavellian plays to pull off those big wins. And so that's The Wolves. Overall, I like it. I don't love it, but I do want to play it more. I really enjoy the things that it just knocks out of the park. The sort of nomadic mobility to the game, the exceptional action system, the really great calendar system organically pressing you towards the end of the game, and the great way they convey the relationship between mechanics and theme, which is what board games are all about. I think it would be a little bit better if you could have some asymmetry to it, either by default with player powers or organically giving you a few more levers to pull as you're putting your tokens out and making you feel like you are approaching the game in a different way. But what it does, it does really well, and it's a fresh new take on area control, which is something that is always welcome. And that is our review. But let me know, what are some of your favorite unconventional area control games, area majority games? Put it in the comments below. And as always, thanks for watching, thanks for supporting, thanks for being an awesome audience. You know that I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald.